Well, I decided that I wasn't going to tell you any of the 250 plus stories I could tell of the influence John and Carol have had in our lives. Um, I, I, I've told them a couple uh, since we've been together, and, and you know, John's amazed at some of the things he's... You two are so... Let me say this for the Catch the Fire folks. This is where Jane and I learn to push people under the bus. John and Carol never met a deep end they didn't like to push you into, and we are the better for it. So why don't you two come? We love you. We thank God for you. Which one story? Okay, yes. The very, very first time, we'd only been in Toronto probably three months, if that. I was the bookstore manager, and I'd just been ordained, and I was put on the schedule to MC the Sunday night healing service for John to speak. And I'm as nervous as all get out, and, and Jeremy was leading worship, and he'd given me the worship set list, so I knew when the last song was, and I'm nervously shuffling my papers and talking about how am I going to preach the offering and, and just getting ready to do my best at the, the simple stuff in the middle before handing it on to John to do all the good stuff. And John walks over to me as I'm about to pick up the microphone and he takes the microphone out of my hand and he says, we need some words of knowledge, Mark, get some. And then he goes up on the platform and he says, Mark's got some words of knowledge. You know what? Mark did. Because you know God loves you, and when you get pushed into a situation you wouldn't have pushed yourself into, God shows up and proves that he's there. I had loads of words of knowledge. I mean, eight or ten, I forget now. And they all came up and got healed, and it was wonderful. And I, had, I thought I was just going to try not to mess up the offering. So get ready. God's got more for you tonight. We love these two. You are just so amazing, and we are honored to have you with us here in Myrtle Beach. So come on and share with us. Come on and do whatever you want to do. That sounds like fun, Mark. Yeah. Well, hi, everybody. This is great to be here. And we already have surprises with... Uh, Hi. Oh, my goodness, it's great to be here. We've known Mark and Jade a very, very long time and, and haven't been this way. And so we thought, you know, after Raleigh, it's not that far. So we'll just kind of scoot down and, and just have a couple of days. So we are so grateful and delighted to be here and to see your wonderful facilities and get with the... Um, people last night. We had a wonderful time. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because you know, revival, we've been in a revival for 30 years, but I tell you, at that conference. So are you ready? <laughs> are you ready for more? Out of the box, ready? Uh-huh. You thought it was wild before, I'm telling you. 
Holy Spirit is just so anxious because we really want to see the greater works that Jesus has done. And, you know, he's getting, he's getting us ready. He has gotten us ready with his presence, with the anointing. Words of knowledge, as Mark said. Now he wants us to go out and really pray for people on the street, right? In the grocery store, in the wherever you are in your business, God is going to uh, just use you. And I am excited about this place. So I'm just I'm just so happy to be here and get to know some of you a little bit better. Yeah, that, we just have, that was, saw a lady that, um, very well that had Carol. Forget that. How are you doing? Come on, Carol. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am. It's still tight. But it's not as tight, and it, it's coming wave by wave by wave. Yes. Stretch your hands. She has got arthritis of the spine and twisted um, pelvic area, and it's just uncomfortable sitting and laying down. Standing up is good, but you can't stand 24-7. Laying down is better than sitting, but that's been moving, and we saw improvement last night, wave by wave by wave. Let's stretch your hands to her. I think it's time for another wave. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we thank you. We are so grateful for what you're doing in Carol, Lord, and I ask. Lord, for another incredible wave, yo, that goes from the top of her head, Lord, down her spine, and also into her hips. Uh, every bit, every bit. Lord, finish the work you began last night. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Mmm, more. Oh, yeah more thank you father fill her up it was a surprise to come in here and see ned from raleigh i leaned over to carol and said is that ned up there on the boom box and she says no but it looks like him i said wait a minute it is him he's making eye contact with me well, that was great. Good for you, Ned. I didn't know you were connected over here somehow. Huh? Good enough. You know, I don't know how many years ago it was, but he was something like 15 years old. 1994? Somewhere in there. And um, we had a meeting up on black mountain at jim jackson's place i don't know where that is but it's somewhere in north carolina 
and uh, it was a retreat center, and uh, we we were all gathered there, and uh, they'd heard about God moving in Toronto and so on, and, and invited us. We prayed for many people, touching them in a wonderful way. We liked the touch of God. Yes. Well, Ned was a, a young teenager, I think 15, if I recall, and his mother was in shock because he was a very active young man, and she'd never seen him lie still for any length of time, and I think you were gone for like an hour or two or so. I hope you're excited about it because it was sure something that blessed your mom. She's this is God. I absolutely know this is God. There's no way he would stay still that long uh, otherwise. And just bought right in. And it was good for me to be in Raleigh. And there's Ed on the drums and his mom there dancing at the front. And it's great after all these years. It's amazing to see longevity in people. But... Um, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit that I want to encourage you tonight. Don't get tired of hanging on. It's a lot more patient than we are, I think. He's just like different from him, from his perspective, at least. But we're coming up on the most exciting days of our lives. Um, about that, wouldn't want to live or have lived any other time in history, would you? It's, it's life always like that, but now you can't hardly keep up with it. There's so much going on. Long list of stuff that's wrong, and a whole long list of. We are getting ready for the greatest event since the creation. That was a pretty big event. What do you think that is? Somebody tell me, what is it? Return of Jesus, the second coming, will be the greatest event since the creation. We're, we're really, really, really close to it. Sharing a scripture with the leaders here last night. Joel chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Praise in there that's got a time stamp on it. Is this, in the, in the time when I regather Israel and Judah, restore their fortunes, that is the time and the season that I will gather all the nations and bring them together in the valley of Jehoshaphat, which means judgment. Deal with them there. So judgment day is not far off, and there's a whole lot of good stuff in between. Uh, if you know Jesus tonight, wave excitedly at me. If you know him, then judgment day is not a big deal for you. 
somebody and say, God, Jesus took my punishment that I totally deserved. <laughs> and so, um, the, the thing is, before he returns, there's a number of other items that also have to happen. One of those is global harvest. And get ready for that. We know a little bit in Toronto about what it's like to be overwhelmed a clip of revival over 30 years left uh, the other night at the at the conference at Raleigh and one of them was this long line or queue of people lining up all around our building waiting for the doors to open to get in gave in and opened the doors real early you know eventually but at that time it was locked until i don't know six o'clock at night or whatever and there was this huge lineup of people waiting to get in and the minute you'd open the doors they would rush like crazy to try and get a front seat closer to the action the better it was and it was just was doing in hearts and lives those days are coming midst of it. And uh, you know, I heard a number of scriptures, a number of prophecies. Yes, revival's coming, the greatest is coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Part of that's annoying a bit, you know, because everything's always put off in the future. Are you, aren't you getting tired of that? It's always it's coming, and you know, it's coming, great, it's coming. And, and of course it is. But um, I, I said, Lord, I'm thankful for all those words, but I really need verses of Scripture that clearly say that harvest is coming in. Well, he gave me two or three of them, actually. The first one was from Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. as describes a scene in heaven, temple of God and Jesus on a cloud, a crown on, on his head and a sickle in his hand. You know what a sickle is? And he's waiting, and then he hears the messenger bring the word, now harvest the earth. And it just simply says, and the earth was reaped. And it points back to words he said about harvest is at the end of the age. Read that, and it's a little... A little troubling because I think, well, Lord, I want to be involved in this too. Save a little bit for me, you know, I want to be in the thick of it. But the angels are going to be very, very busy in this end time harvest. 
like or to just, you know, cut, a, cut out a little spot for you somewhere in that picture. See, the harvest at the end of the age is like nothing we've ever imagined. Really, really, really is coming. Another one he gave me was Acts 2, Peter quoting Joel chapter 2. But it shall come to pass in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And we've seen that, you know, over the last 2,000 years. But there's a grand finale aspect to that promise. That's People are going to be prophesying, seeing visions, dreaming dreams. On my servants and handmaids, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And uh, they're going to prophesy. Then it, it concludes by saying, and everyone who hears the word of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever will, will hear this with their heart. That's, that adds up to me like a massive harvest. How many have got family members that are resistant, let me say? And you know, the part of the reason they're resistant is sometimes they've had a bad experience in church. Punishing themselves and punishing God. Or other that hurt them in the first place, sometimes family members or whatever. Don't let someone else stand in the way of you connecting with the greatest thing that has ever come our way. Mentioning it last week, it cost Jesus everything open the way for you and I. And maybe one of the hardest things for him was on the cross in great agony, bleeding to death, and all the implications. But then that moment came when, when he cried out, My God! My God, why have you forsaken me? Remember that? Those words, those haunting words that he spoke across with his dying breath. He's almost gone. And I think that last few moments shocked and surprised him even though he knew fully well what was happening. Because when your sin and mine placed upon that tortured body, he took it for me and for you. But the reality of the Father's presence distancing himself now from Jesus And the Spirit. Victory. Likes of you and I now can come and say, Sorry, Lord, please forgive me. 
Just lift your hand to him and say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, the whole notion of Jesus coming again, don't let that wear you down. Because his coming is more sure than tomorrow's sunrise. And uh, he... Um, He mentions it repeatedly through the New Testament. I think I counted it up one time, about 23 times specifically, and there's all kinds of innuendos about when I come again, or at the time of the end, or this and that, or the other. Is. You know when he's coming? When he thinks it's right, not necessarily whether you agree or not. There are going to be some people who are saying, no, no, not yet. My family's not ready. My this, my that. I'm not ready. Most the time to buy oil. Brought back to it. Weeks or three into the revival, Paul and I had to keep a commitment to go to Europe and do a conference. One ago, the revival of our dreams had broken out in our church, and we're about two or three weeks into it, but Anyway, they prayed for us and blessed us to go. Carol just went out on the platform and had the most powerful vision she has ever had before or since. I don't think she'd ever had one before that. Her first was the most powerful to date. <laughs> and there she was on the platform for 40 minutes. Quiet. She's hanging and her legs are up in the air and she's running and this and that and the other and it was a Sunday night Mark DuPont was speaking so one of our friends was speaking Carol was clearly a distraction he was somewhat annoyed by that <laughs> and and people were saying to me should we move Carol nobody touch her he would not do that for any amount of money, believe me. This is God at work. And so just a note to self, when you see God at work, bless it and encourage it. And, and, and whatever you do, don't stop it. Might be people in the room who don't understand. that night and that's when she had this vision and at the end of it she's in a
up and tell my people. Five wise virgins. Is now is the time to buy oil. Eating. Fifty times several years. Virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come. They all had lamps. Their lamps were all burning. The virgins are a type of Christian, but some of the Christians were running low on oil. Paid. All fell asleep. Stop reading this one day, and I said, God, I don't feel like I'm asleep. I'm I'm more wide awake than I've ever been in my life, because thousands are coming to our church, and they're flying in from all over the world: Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Europe, England, America, everywhere. And I'm, I'm just, I've never seen fruit like this. They're getting saved, they're getting healed, they're getting set free, they're getting filled. I don't feel like I'm asleep. I said that to him. Like a flash, he said to me, you are asleep concerning the message of the soon return of the Lord Jesus. Wow, that went into me like a spear, friend. Look up, and I realized I have not even mentioned it to our church in 10 years. Conclusion with the message. Up with the predictions that never happened, the different ones, but one book was 88 Reasons Why He Will Return in 1988. Do you remember that book? Yeah? Well, it was the sequel that did it for me. <laughs> 88 came and went and the guy had the what do you say the, the nerve to write a sequel and say it's really 89 reasons why he's coming in 89 and that's it for me Lord come whenever you want we're just going to get on we're going to build the church we're going to go for it we're going to just to win the lost and carry on but I mean I'm just going to leave that topic alone you know in doing that it robbed me of what the scripture calls comfort of that message Thessalonians, it says that first and second, comfort one another with these words. Put a little booklet on it, and Carol wrote one too recently. I gave Mark a copy. Israel's a nation. Israel's been a fact for...
in that time when I restore the fortunes of Israel and Judah. That's when. Yeah, so there's all kinds of interesting things. You know, if you've read the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, remember that? He was dreaming about these empires, Babylon that was in charge then, and after them comes the Medes and Persians, after them comes the Greek Empire, after that comes the Roman Empire, west and east, and then comes the toes, and then comes the end, with the king establishing his mountain in the center of the earth. That outline of history is all, we're down to the ten toes right now. Remember what happened to the ten toes. Stone cut out of the mountain without hands. Down and hit that image on the toes. The whole thing came down. integrated and blew away Jesus is getting ready to do or that happened Bible scripture is coming our way like to remind pastors, what are you going to do if a thousand people show up next week? Let's see, we just can't imagine these kind of times, can we? But uh, I think something that I was wondering about a while back, and that was two fishing stories. You know, I uh, say, what's your favorite story in all the Bible? Expecting to hear raising Lazarus from the dead. You know, what's your favorite miracle that Jesus Except the message was, in verse 12, the works that I do will do. Greater works for now. Who's an avid fisherman, he yelled out, a great catch of fish. Miraculous catch of fish. So, read a couple of those. Um, place here. Gospel of Luke. Bit down to, I don't know, 
So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. He, Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee. Saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him, put out a little from the land. Sat down and taught the multitude. Jesus is smart. How many know that? Great crowd there. He's worried about being mobbed. Not worried, but you know. Secondly, that if you're on water, your voice will carry. Sat in the boat. So he, he wasn't standing up to preach. He, he's sitting down. And he taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, said your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Well, the person beside you, their net was breaking. Well, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Had so many fish, boats were sinking, not just one, but two. It's amazing. When Simon Peter saw it, fell down at Jesus' knees. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And all who were with him were astonished. Catch a fish. So also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, partners with Simon. I want catch men. Oh, what a story. Get the attention of a fisherman. Let's give him a real bad night. Fished all night, which is what they did. Why they fished at night? Yeah, so we learned this in Japan, actually, because I saw them doing it over there. Go out and the light. At night. And when the sun would come up, there's no more point. So they, they come in during the daytime. They had fished all night. Nothing. This preacher comes along and borrows his boat to shove off know, into the deeper water and, and let me speak from your boat for a while. No problem. Okay. Crowd heard a really good word that day, I'm sure. And Jesus said to Peter, okay, now, go a little deeper and 
throw your net out or, or catch. Peter's like, It's broad daylight and the sun is up and hot. Telling me to, to Jesus held his gaze. Hey, you insist, I'll do it. To his utter shock and amazement. and he's all by himself. I don't know if Jesus helped him or not. Signals his partners on the shore. Hey, James, John, get out here. We got all this net full of fish. Yeah, he just told me in the middle of the day, throw the net in and look, look, here they all are. They filled both boats. Really impressed. They left everything and followed him. Come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. They just walked away from their business and their father and everything. And at the end of the book of John, let's go to John chapter 21. That's, of course, at the beginning of his ministry. Now, had his ministry crucified, died on the cross, rose again from the dead, and now he's in and out, appearing to them, you know. And meet me in Galilee. And so one day, Peter says, you know what, guys, I'm going to go fishing. And they said, well, we're coming with you. John 21, verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you. They went out immediately, got into the boat. That night, they caught. Have we got any pastors here? Have you... Have you Known what it is to do your best. Try to put on a program or an event or something, and you put a lot of effort into it. Nobody got saved. Down. We just hold the business and just went for it. Guess what day? Sunday. 
I'm like, why couldn't it wait till Monday? I mean, they could have missed work or whatever, but oh, offerings for three weeks. Oh my goodness, God, what are we going to do? Sometimes you just, you're being set up. That was the setup that first time with Peter. Here we go again. Courage, I don't know what to do. I mean, they're they're on a roller coaster ride here. They're all excited. We found the Messiah. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. Invited to be not only go with them, but we're in the inner circle. We're one of the twelve. Peter, Andrew, James, John, those they were all buds. All fishermen. Others too. They saw his popularity just rocket right up to and then all the pushback starts. Out of way. off in the in the synagogue Throw him off the cliff they tried to grab him in the temple one time but he hit himself and got away oh supernaturally he was getting away all the time but this time they took it. Garden. Jesus wouldn't let Peter use his sword. Put away the sword. And he's arrested. put him in prison overnight and he'll be gone in the morning and they don't know where he'll be. Taken. Brutalized by them. Died before them. They were absolutely devastated. Got the report from Mary and the others three days later. He's risen, as he said. None of them can believe it. And this is after they saw Lazarus raised after four days. You think, well, Lazarus is four, and Jesus is only three, so we can believe them. Emotionally pressed, they they to do. The other thing was he's kind of coming and going. And uh, going fishing. 
world is turned upside down. We, we invested everything in this. Oh, great in the early days. Confused, I don't know what to do. Out that he was going to do that, and he. So he's going fishing. Nothing. And so now the sun is up and uh, the daylight is breaking and their boat is coming in close to the shore. Beach going, guys, did you catch anything? Throw your net on the other side of the boat. Yeah. They caught nothing. Verse 4. When the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, guys, have you any food? They answered him, No. He said, Cast the net on the right side of the boat. See, they were fishing from the wrong side of the boat. And you will find some. So they cast, and now they're not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple who Jesus loved, do you know who that is? John, the writer, he said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. The other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught, and Simon went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Tell somebody near you, the net was not broken. This net didn't break. And Jesus said, come and eat breakfast, come and dine. And yet, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> you know, it's funny, isn't it, that they didn't recognize him? Do you ever wonder about that? 
wonder about things when you read the Bible. I think he looked different. So when we read the account in Isaiah, writing about the Messiah who is to come, I We see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. But imagine there's no beauty that we should desire him. Is coming, but he's coming in disguise even particularly good-looking. Get little glimpses in Scripture. One was the Mountain of Transfiguration. This is a rabbit trail, but anyway, I think you'll enjoy it. On the Mountain of Transfiguration, you notice it says his face was changed and transformed before that. The Father's voice spoke. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. It says clearly his face, his visage was changed. Well, now, post resurrection, Jesus raised. Magdalene, who loved him, first there. He doesn't recognize him. He thought he was the gardener. Ate him and just said her name. Recognizes teacher. Eyes on the Emmaus Road, wandering, walking along together. Ranger kind of catches up and walks along with them. Are you the only stranger here who doesn't know what's been going on? What thing? Oh, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, we thought he was the prophet, and we do this and that, and the rulers that crucified him, and not only that, but now it's the third day, and some of the women are saying they saw him, and you know, we're all up in the air about this. We listens, you know, and then explains scriptures to them, and hearts are strangely warm, and they go in for, they constrain him. He was going to keep going, but they, no, no. Together. It, and their eyes were open. They're like, this is Jesus. He is again on the shore. Eleven disciples. 
don't recognize him there i think i think it might be him but i i'm don't want him to rebuke me and say, when are you going to believe? You know, I'm just going to keep quiet. I think divinity side of things again, incredibly good looking and handsome. He's transformed. So these two catches of fish parallel days of the early church. Bible launched by the apostles and carried on for. That revival won the entire Mediterranean world and Jesus said in in Matthew fourteen fifteen, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a witness, and then the end will come. Sounded so far fetched and so far out there. believe in you and others don't and everything. This is going to go to the ends of the earth. This gospel. Good news of the kingdom. Yes. Wave in the first century, in the second century, so much so that the entire Roman world came in, including the Roman emperor himself, and Constantine was the first one. Begs the question, what do you do when there's no one left to win? Born again, the whole young people, kids, Here we are at the end of the age because you know what? This gospel of the kingdom has been preached. It says every nation, not every individual, but every nation will hear. They have. You can get it from any country. Just go online, tune in, touch the fire, Myrtle Beach. And there will be a stream, one out of here, I'm sure. You can hear the gospel. And this is multiplied thousands and thousands of times over. Gospel of the kingdom. 
saturated the world for those who have ears to hear. Exciting. And so now I'm expecting a parallel for you and I who have been fishing all night and not caught a whole lot. Catch a fish once again. And all it'll take is word from the Lord saying, throw your net in one more time. Yeah, but we fished all night. We caught nothing. Yeah, but it's broad daylight now. The fish aren't even here. There was this and that. Just do it. want to see this harvest come in. Really, really do. I'll read a little revival story to you. I read a book, I don't know, years by Oswald J. Smith. And great missionary and pastor in the city of Toronto where I grew up. Became a great missionary church. And he wrote a book called The Revival We Need. In the year 1835, Titus Cohen landed on the shores of Hawaii. On his first missionary tour, multitudes flocked to hear him. They thronged him so that he had scarcely time to eat. Once he preached three times before he had a chance to take breakfast, he felt that God was strangely at work. In 1837, the slumbering fires broke out. Nearly the whole population became an audience. He was ministering to 15,000 people. Unable to reach them, they came to him and settled down to a two-year camp meeting. It was not an hour, day, or night when an audience of from two to 6,000 would not rally to the signal of the bell. It would be a meeting, they'd ring the bell, and two to 6,000 people would come every day. Got a bell ready to go? Now what, what did it look like? There was trembling, weeping, sobbing, loud crying for mercy, sometimes too loud for the preacher to be heard. And in hundreds of cases, his hearers fell in a swoon. And uh, had a... a Spanish-speaking man asked me, what's a swoon? A swoon is when you fall out under the power. You faint, basically. Some would cry out, the two-edged sword is cutting me to pieces. The wicked scoffer who came to make sport dropped like a dog and cried, God has struck me. Once while preaching, in the open field to 2,000 people, a man cried out, What must I do to be saved? 
prayed the publican's prayer, and the entire congregation took up the cry for mercy. Half an hour, Mr. Cohen could get no chance to speak, but had to stand still and see God at work. Morals were made up, drunkards reclaimed, adulterers converted, and murderers revealed and pardoned, thieves returned stolen property, and sins of a lifetime were renounced. In one year, 5,244 joined the church. Like a beach community. There was 1,705 baptized on one Sunday. And 2,400 sat down at the Lord's table. Once sinners of the blackest type, now saints of God. When Mr. Cohen left the island, he himself had received and baptized 11,960 persons. Unexplained. Doesn't these people want God? Oh, struck by the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is what I want you to put your faith in. Some new program that we're going to come up with that's really going to work. Some TV thing or some video or whatever. Work. And when he gets a hold of people, they just feel strangely warmed and drawn and compelled. I never saw such unity as we had in the city of Toronto. We had 500 pastors every week coming to our church. Try to work out what is this? What's going on? How can we get involved? How can we be a part of it? Bible went nightly meetings for 12 and a half years. years. Well, January 20, 1994. That is nothing compared to what's about to come. I shall never forget Bible conference. Rented the Ballroom in the Constellation Hotel. Well, 2,500 people. And an overflow room with, with video in that room. 1,500 more. Came from all over the world because word got out that God is moving in Toronto. How many of you here in the room? Anybody came to Toronto during that time? Yeah, many did. And uh, we had this big hotel. Randy and I both, we weren't used to big meetings. At 
and it was starting to get scary. to one of the hotel staff, this young lady, I said, excuse me, could you come over here and, and help me for a second? Came over, you know, like a deer caught in the headlights and don't touch me, she says. I wasn't going to touch you, I just need help moving this table. And honestly, it was completely off the chart. That hotel had a glass elevator the first two floors and then it would go up into the higher level. Aggering around, laughing and yelling and carrying on. And I watched it go. Four minutes, they came back down and Nobody had gotten off. We heard a story of, of, of this friend of ours, Elaine Passy, upset. Too playful for her. Poking around and carrying on and all that kind of stuff, and she's offended. I came to, to God, and this is just craziness, you know. Yeah. They're in having lunch. Well, you, you seem to know so much about it. Why don't you pray for me then that I'll get touched? And he said, I will. Left it at that. Okay. They finished their meal. Elevator to go up. And doesn't this guy get on too? Uh, you know, whatever floor it was. Came to his floor, got off, says, Hey, you said you were going to pray for me. Around, he said, Poor Lord. And, slid. Oh, Elaine slid down the back wall of the elevator. There she is, helpless on the floor. She can't talk. He said, my mouth was going like a fish, trying to talk. Trying to say, what on earth just happened to me? And uh, then the next stop was theirs, and her husband, Charlie, walked off, and he's looking around. He said, where's Elaine? And he sees her on the floor in the elevator, and he's, Elaine, what are you doing on the floor? I was so mad at him for saying that, you know. I'm not on the floor because I want to be on the floor. You know. Anyway, they got a hold of her, dragged her off. We're opening their doors, thinking, 
Ewat, and they're falling out in the spirit as they walk by. Got in touch with something lower level, way beyond anything we'd ever Catherine Kuhlman, she always did everything orderly. She'd pray for people and they'd fall, but it was always one at a time. Well, you, you neatly pick that one person up and do the next one. Kind of. Greatest harvest world has ever seen, but it's going to come by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, you and I get to be bringers and carriers. Say many of you have fished all night, tried and tried on your parents and your up. Dad came to Jesus. Absolutely do anything. You got him. It'll be easy. <laughs> Anybody got family like that? One? Three, four, five, okay. He knows world is scared right now. They know something's up. Just not sure what. COVID something that catalytic in bringing multiplied millions to Jesus. Video of uh, church in Ethiopia. This church, conservatively, was 10,000 people, well, have been 15,000 or more, could have been 20. The camera shot is panning the whole place as it panned around that disjointed-looking ability. whole congregation is shaking and falling and yelling with their legs up in the air shaking and it's just the whole place getting hit at the same moment. That. We're having that end time revival. He, 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 he's promised. And it says clearly in, in Matthew 13 and in Matthew 24. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a witness, and then the date of that first conference, Jerusalem, 
at the keyboard. Do you know who David is? Wrote that song. Glory fall in this room. Let it go forth from here to the nations. That became our theme song, James. We sang it and sang it and sang it and meant it. Oh, my goodness. David Roos, suddenly he's seized by the Holy Spirit. Yelling out, I am here. I am here. If you think this is it, this is not it. I have seen nothing yet. Nothing yet, you see nothing. Catch the fire, 1994, David Roos, and watch that video clip, that grainy, terrible quality video of David just bringing this anointed word. Thinking, this is not it. This is nothing. Oh God, what on earth? Friends, that was 29. Telling you, more's on the way. You know, we used to say it's not really a good meeting unless half a dozen people run for their lives, you know. This is a madhouse. I'm getting out of here, you know, that kind of a thing. And yet, And we think, I don't know if we're ever going to see revival in Myrtle Beach. Kind of somewhere, but. All flesh. Think of Joel's word. He. Million soul harvest, yeah. Four billion. Yeah. And what happens to us? I like to think that you are a key part of it.
It's amazing to me that you wake up in the morning and there's not That could change pretty quickly. Bomb went off and the whole room was flattened. We would like to pray for whoever would like a big inebriating drink of the Holy Spirit. You know, we used to have to work out ways to get people home from the meeting. Sometimes we'd have to go through their purse to see where they live and who they are. Wouldn't that be fun, Mark? Oh, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to come and just bless them. Lord, I, I want to lift off of you any fear of losing control. Because here's a big hang-up for people yielding to the Holy Spirit. Can I just say one more thing? The Holy Spirit wants to come and take over. It's a bit like you're, you're used to driving the car. And someone comes along and says, Hey, let me drive. And you're like, uh... But if you yield and let the Holy Spirit take over and drive, you're in for a fun ride. You'll be very safe, but a lot of people won't like what it looks like. But never mind them. It's you and Jesus that are having the, having the encounter. fire on them so when the Holy Spirit comes on you people often lose their bodily strength Randy was asked a question one time why does everybody fall over and he said well it's because they can't stand up see if God's going to come along and touch you the miracle is that you live through it right because he's the one who spoke let there be light 
the sun explodes into being and existence and he's going to touch you and you're not going to feel nothing yeah you will you feel great peace you feel great joy and exhilaration you might even feel heat Lord, I ask you to bless these people. Let fire from heaven come on them. In the name of Jesus, fill Fresh, Holy Spirit, let it come. And please don't be frightened by it because the personality of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness all that good stuff right just think of the nine fruit of the spirit and you kind of have the personality of god and someone said yeah keep going because number nine is one about self-control oh self-control i'm glad you brought that up Because self-control is an enabling for you to control yourself, right? But it was never given for you to control the Holy Spirit. No, no. When He comes on the scene, that's when you yield and defer to Him. So, Lord, I ask you to bless you. I ask you to get our hearts connected so that we can believe you for harvest. The harvest is coming. The King is returning. It's so good, Jesus. And the young people in this room, Lord, they need to experience you in the fullness of your love and power.